Hey, everybody. Hey. Doing okay so far? Yeah. Anka, I love it. You're in. Okay. Hey, before we get started, I need three volunteers who feel kind of bold and are willing to help me this morning for my sermon. Three people. Come on, don't leave me hanging. All right. I need Allie, two more people. Come on. Don't, don't leave me hanging. Yes. Um, all right. And then one more person. Uh, all right. Lala, come up here. You can't volunteer someone else. Come on up. All right. Come on, grab a seat. All right, Lewis, you're a good, you're a good man. All right. Just to, your job is to sit here and look beautiful. Thanks, you guys, for doing that. While they're sitting there and feeling awkward, no, right over here. Um, we're gonna, we, uh, this is going to be so fun. It, was, it made more sense in my head, but we're going to see how it works out, okay? So last weekend I was at a wedding, and uh, I love weddings. They're so great. And, um, and there, when, I, when I think of like, there's like this moment of pure joy, right? There's a bride and a groom and a family, and it's super great. And then they cut the cake, right? And they have the cake. That's like the time when you're like, how I'm feeling is now matched up with this incredible sensation that's in my mouth. Because like cake equals joy. You're like, yes, this is awesome. But sometimes weddings are a little bit too much because not only is it the the, the bride and groom, they love each other, which is great, and the family mostly is happy, but there's people in there who are brokenhearted or who wanted to marry the groom or whatever, right? That's all part of the dynamic. And so I was trying to think, where's a context that really is pure joy? Like there's no weird extra things around it. And I thought, birthdays, like birthdays are it. There's a true celebration and you know there's cake. And again, cake is the physical manifestation of joy, of going, yes, God is good. He loves me. And this baking gift is this way that I can experience it in my whole body. And so we're going to start this brand new series. We're going to be talking about joy. And I wanted to uh, have you up here to join me. In fact, I'm going to give you a little bit of cakes for you to enjoy while I preach. So just enjoy. Okay. So um, yeah, Art, you're going to be, there you go. Yeah, Jeff's going to bring you out a little bit of cake, and uh, we're going to hop into our sermon. Just enjoy yourself, enjoy the cake, and we are starting out a series on joy. And joy is awesome, and it's so fun because we just finished four weeks talking about fear. And, um, and fear is something I think in neutral we can all relate to. Fear, anxiety, um, and how in the world do we navigate that? It's okay. It ha- I'm prepared for almost anything at this point. <laughs> That, that's for next service, Greg. Oh. It's okay. All right. So we didn't need him at all. Well, next time you will, for the next part. All right. Anyway, <laughs> what was I saying? Oh, yeah. So, and we had, a, it was a great series, right? We, we did, Jeff kicked it off with some really great biblical study on, on fear and how, where God wants to show up in, in our fear. And, um, and then, we, you know, we had some great heartfelt sermons and some great authentic sharing. And, uh, and it was a, an incredible series. And now we're going to transition, though, into joy. And for most of us who are adults, uh, I think joy is a harder, it, it's a harder experience to lean into. It's a harder moment, to, you know, emotion to get our head around. And so we're going to spend the next four or five weeks looking at joy and how to embrace it, how to get after all that God has for it. And um, you guys doing okay? You want us to dig in now? You can do whatever you want. So like, I don't know about you, but when I think of, when I think, okay, joy, what does that even mean? Like, like I know in my head, and it's a fruit of the Spirit, it's my, like it's my favorite fruit of the Spirit, it's my favorite Christmas carol, Joy of the World, but what does it really mean? And, uh, and so I went to Webster's Dictionary, and I found this definition of joy, which I thought was really helpful. Uh, it says this, joy, it's the emotion evoked by well-being, success, or good fortune, or by the prospect of possessing what one desires. It's a really full uh, definition. 
joy. It's the emotion evoked by well-being. It's the emotion. And, and if you look for synonyms and you're studying the word joy, it's this, the, the word that keeps coming up is this idea of delight. What is joy? Joy is delight. Like when's the last time you just delighted in something or in someone? You know, you see kids rolling down the hill after church and like, okay, that's what delight looks like. Not a lot of adults delighting like that, you know? We, maybe we delight in other ways or maybe we just don't delight at all. I don't know. But that's what joy is. Joy is this, it's emotion. It is an actual feeling, but it's not just a feeling. It's a fruit of the Spirit. It's a manifestation and it's, and it's expressed in this emotion of delight. But it's not just fun. It's not just happiness. It's, it's delight that's rooted in something. It's rooted in our well-being and success or good fortune. And what's interesting is, however you define well-being, success, and good fortune, and if you then meet whatever that expectation is, then you're going to find delight. And as Christians, we actually have a way that helps us shape those words. It's not just about self It's not just about making a ton of money or having a nice house or getting married or having kids or whatever your thing is. Like, it's not just doing that. It's framed by Scripture. It's framed by Jesus who points us to what His kingdom is all about. And so when we, we have our life focused on what Jesus is about, Jesus then defines what well-being, success, and good fortune is. Another fruit of the Spirit is the fruit is peace. And it's a Hebrew word that comes from the word shalom, which is this really deep and powerful word. It says this. This is what the definition of shalom. It, it, it encompasses peace and harmony and wholeness and completeness and prosperity, welfare and tranquility. So in the Hebrew text, when it says shalom, when it says peace, what, 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 what they're talking about is this is the fullness, the wholeness of what it means to be about all the things that God has for us. And when we experience those things, we experience shalom. So when we actually are leaning into shalom, when we are people who are at peace, we are now able to delight. Let's go back to that definition really quickly. So what is, what is joy? Joy is the emotion. It's delighting. And it's evoked by well-being, success, or good fortune, right? Shalom. So it's, it's, it's delighting in being at peace, in being the person and in the place that God has for you. And I love this. Or by the prospect of possessing what, what, the, what that might be. Or the prospect, because life is not always great. It's not always shalom. We're not always where we should be. But we can experience delight and we can experience joy, not just in being in this moment, but recognizing this hope. There's a, there's a moment that God has for us that's in the future that we lean into. And so here's the definition of hope, to expect with confidence. What a simple definition. Hope is something that you're expecting to happen, but you have confidence it's going to happen. And when you have confidence it's going to happen, you can settle into that a little bit better. That's why when, uh, when James in chapter 1, verse 3 says, consider it pure joy, sisters and brothers, when you experience trials of many kind. That verse makes no sense. But it makes sense because what we're delighting in, what we recognize is our delight is not just in this moment. In this moment, we, we may not experience peace, right? We may not experience peace in this moment. But we can delight because we know that we are eternal people and we are anchored to an eternal God who is moving things towards his kingdom and his righteousness. And so we recognize this moment may be awful, but we can actually delight and we can experience joy because we have hope. We have, an, we have confident expectation that God is actually going to move us somewhere else. And maybe even not move us, what's even bigger, people who have even more gigantic faith. Because me, my faith is pretty self-absorbed, self-focused. I need to be okay. I need to know that soon I will be okay. 
But the truth is, it actually isn't about me or you at all. Our ultimate hope is not whatever happens to us at all. When we get the idea that our hope is about God and his kingdom and his righteousness and whatever tiny part we play or don't play, but we are moving towards that, then we have the opportunity to experience true hope. So here's the definition that I kind of, I took that Webster's definition and I kind of reworked it a little bit. But here's a way to think about joy. Joy. It's the delight that we experience when our current life is characterized by shalom. So delight, it's, 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 it's how we feel. It's the delight we experience when our current life is it characterized by shalom and or by having hope of shalom in this life and in the life to come. It's delight in shalom, either right in this moment or we trust that God's going to have that for us or for the world in this moment, in the next moment, or at least in the life to come. So for the next four or five weeks, we get to unpack delight and joy and figure out how in the world we're going to experience this. You guys doing okay so far? You know what goes great with cake? Coffee. Let's give these guys some coffee, okay? I know you're like, man, all this chocolate, my mouth is dry. So here's the verse that we're going to look at today. It's Romans chapter 15, verse 13. So at the end of Romans, Paul does 14 chapters of just this intense theology. I mean, it's like the most intense theological work of all time. 14 chapters just pounds it out. And at the end, he offers this blessing and may this be our blessing as well. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him. May the God of all hope fill you with joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. What an awesome blessing. What an awesome prayer. And I think this is maybe what God might be inviting us to. May the God of hope fill us with joy and peace as we trust in him. So let's look at that. What does that mean? So the God of hope. I love it. It's like a marker. I was trying to find, have you ever seen those shirts like uh, sun's out, guns out, or party dad, or party animal? I don't know. I, I thought that was inappropriate and the, the, the Google search didn't help me. So I had to go in a different way. But I think it's helpful, right? When, when people wear signs and let them know, hey, this is the kind of person I am. This is what I'm all about. Well, God does that often, right? In, in the book of 1 John, God says, listen, God is love. He characterizes that. Paul wants to make sure that the God we're talking about is the God of hope the God of hope. And so when we talk about who is this God and what is this God all about, recognizing that the God of hope, that God is, by being the God of hope, that we have to know that that means that God is not about the God of this moment only. That God is about a timeline that is way bigger than we could ever get our head around. And all of us, well, me mostly, but maybe you too, that I'm the God of this moment. And I want to do the things that are right in this moment. And I want to feel good in this moment. And it's funny, uh, my wife and I are watching the show that I don't want to say because I don't want you to judge me, but it's every show on television. But we're watching the show and I'm watching the characters and every decision they make, they're making the wrong decision because they're making the decision that feels great in that moment. And because the show's over in 45 minutes, no one knows what happens. But you're like, that's not a good long-term play. It feels great for that moment. It's a great moment on that TV show. But you know, you just blew up your marriage. Like you just know that that happened, but we don't get to see that part on TV, right? Because it's not about this moment. It's about playing the long game. At the end of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus makes it so clear, right? He says that anyone who builds their life on my words is build their life on the rock. And so when the waves come, which they will come, the, the, nowhere in Scripture to say when you give your heart to Jesus, when you love and trust Jesus, your life is going to be great and perfect and in all sunshine. It doesn't say that anywhere. 
What it says is when the rains come, when the winds come, your house is built on the rock. And Jesus is the rock, which means when life comes, when, when those moments that are awful and you're like, this isn't joyful, there's no shalom in this, we recognize our anchor is in the God of hope, which is not in this moment, but is in eternity. And is the trust that this moment is for something bigger and different than maybe we will never understand. And our house is built on the rock of Jesus. So that's where we start, the God of hope. And may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. You guys doing okay so far? Okay. Now here's the deal. I realize I just said coffee. I don't even know what kind of coffee you like. I don't even know. You could be have a gluten allergy or problem. So I also, I also wanted to give you some gift cards, okay? So in case I did it totally wrong, and, and there you go. You have a gift card. It's 10 bucks, so that's just enough for a fancy coffee and a little pastry or a vegetable if you're not a gluten person because it's Marin. <laughs> but that's for you. Hang tight. Okay, so here we are. The God of hope will fill you with all joy and peace. And that really is, is the hope, is, is, is recognizing. So this is where we are. This is who God is. That's what we're anchored to. And now we're sitting here. We are these empty vessels. And we think, okay, God, what are we to do as these empty vessels? And God says, this is what I want to do. I want to pour out joy to you. I want to pour out peace to you. And what's brutal is joy and peace have nothing to do with our circumstances. Our circumstances help. I mean, please, let's be honest. Our circumstances help. But as Christians and as American Christians and as Marine Christians, I think we've forgotten that we want and think we can control our joy and our peace by our own circumstances and by our own power. And we have to change our thinking and recognize our anchor to the God of hope. And when we're anchored to the God of hope, then we can be receivers of joy and peace. And if you think of it in your cabinet, you have all these beautiful glasses of, you know, of wine for wine and water and old fashions. Like we all have different kind of fancy glasses, right? And they're nice and they're beautiful. But having a, a beautiful glass that's for an old fashioned is way different than sitting at the end of the day having an old fashioned. Can I get an amen? amen? That's what I'm talking about, Mark. You know what I'm saying? Or wine or orange juice, whatever your thing is, right? When you have the thing that you want and you fill that, you're like, yes. This cup was made for this thing and you have like this whole experience. And we are simply these vessels. And when we are not filled with joy and we're not filled with peace, we're filled with fear and anxiety and we spin out and you know that the way you're living is not the way that you're designed to live. Like there's something in you that's like, this feels normal and natural, but not right. And so we have to step back and say, God, you need to take this away from me. We nail it to the cross. We, we give our burdens to Christ. We, we pour out those things of our flesh that just spin us out. And then we say, God, fill me with joy and peace. It's a fruit of the Spirit. It's not something we conjure up. It's something that happens when we're rooted to Jesus and He grows it in us or He fills it. It's a thing that God does for us. And when God does that, we get these little glimpses of delight and shalom. And sometimes it's, that's all it is, is we just need a glimpse to know that we're on the right path because we're human and we have, bad, we have bad habits and we're dysfunctional. And so we always will slip into our normal, natural, dysfunctional state. So we have to always do the work. That's part of the reason why we do daily walks with God. We do daily times with Jesus. We, do, right, we, we daily pick up our cross and follow Jesus. It's a daily thing to recognize that we're filled with our selfish worldview, with our own anxiety, with our own pain, and we offer that to Jesus and we ask him to fill us. 
and doing that over and over again, day after day, week after week, year after year, all of a sudden our lives get to be characterized by the fruit of the Spirit, by joy and peace. That's not circumstantial. So here we are, the, the definition again, joy. It's the delight we experience when our current life is characterized by shalom and or by having hope of shalom in this time and in the life to come. Let's go back to this verse one more time. May the God of hope fill you with joy and peace as you trust him more. Now, you guys were great sports. Allie, you were the best sport. Good job. You cranked out some of that cake. Good job. Even had some coffee. Louis, you, you took the like, I'm trying to be a good guest piece, but... That's kind of weak sauce. I eat enough tea. That's okay. <laughs> it has to get back to Lava. Not one piece. Not one thing. That's okay. This is actually kind of perfect and interesting. I think you guys took a big risk. Like, it's so weird, right? Come sit up on stage and have food served to you. And you're like, and it's Ben. So who knows what could happen on, the, on a morning like this, right? I mean, even Ali's like, what like, in the oh H God, is going on? Exactly. Here's what's wild. Filled you with all joy and peace as you trust him more. If the three of you changed spots and we had three three-year-olds up here, this would be a whole different situation. That cake would be gone. That, that coffee would be hot chocolate. And they would be all over them, their faces and the floor. And they would not even care about you because cake is the manifestation of delight. And they would just love it because there's three and they haven't been wrecked and destroyed by the world like we all have or by me personally right because you're like what is Ben gonna do <laughs> and so um in fact I'm gonna let you off stage so let's give these guys a big round of applause for, for him you can just leave that stuff right there but you can take your gift card and you can uh, but you can leave that all up there I'll oh, give it to Lala she'll love that um but I thought about this a lot that it's so wild that I think all of us live lives with cake right in front of us. We live lives with coffee right in front of us. There's these things that God has blessed us with. And with many of us, even though it's, like, it's not circumstantial, we can recognize that God has been so gracious to us and has given us things that we can delight in. But because of our own dysfunction, our own baggage, the ways that the world has destroyed us and crushed us, we think, maybe I can't trust that. And I know for myself, there's so many things that God, I sit up on a table like this and God has set out a cake for me. And it looks great, but I can't enjoy it because I know the shoe's going to drop. I know that there's something that I need to be girded for. And once I let down my guard and enjoy the cake, I'm going to get devastated by something else. And really what that means is that's a faith issue. Do we trust God? And I get the way that world has turned out that a lot of us have trust issues with God. But that's why we're moving towards Christ. We have to move towards Christ. We have to be able, people go, I'm going to trust you a little bit more. I'm going to trust you with one little bite. That was pretty good, but I'm girded up. I'm going to trust you with another little bite and girded up. And we trust God more because it's the trusting in God that's going to actually allow us to experience delight because that is God's hope for us, that we are people of joy and peace, people who experience delight. But we're only going to experience delight when we understand that we're rooted in this God of hope who is so outside of time, outside of our little moment. We're rooted in that. But we have to trust him and his goodness and his promise. And all of us, if we're quiet long enough, we recognize that God is leading us somewhere. Some of us, it's through a really challenging time. 
But even as God is leading us somewhere through a challenging time, we have to be people who are present enough to recognize the goodness of God and the blessings of God and the ways that God is showing up incrementally in and around us and take advantage of all of his blessings. Even if everything is falling apart in your world, the fact that you're going to be able to go outside and it's going to be green and beautiful and there's going to be food after church, like even that moment, go, okay, God, thank you for that. But I think if we're quiet long enough, we can have a really long list to recognize all the things that we potentially should and could delight in. So may the God of hope fill you with joy and peace as you trust him more. We have to be trusting him more. That's how we do it. But what is the result? The result is that we would overflow with hope. I love joyful people because what joyful people get is that they recognize that they are in this moment. And this moment, there was all these things that brought them to this moment. And then this moment is going to carry them through all of the next things. And when you think of like your, your deepest friend, your best friend, I love when I was at this wedding, all these 24-year-olds, you know, they haven't been crushed by life too much. And so they laugh more than anyone. I'm like, what is so funny? All they do is laugh. And you're like, shut up already. You don't even know. <laughs> Am I right? I'm like so bitter about it. They love life because they've had all of this experience in this wedding. You know, they all went to college together. They're all in dorms together. They're all serving in ministry together. They had so, they all traveled the world together. And in this moment, they're all dancing their guts out because they're like, it's, it's not just randoms together dancing, but they have all of this history to this moment. And for some of those guys, the, the bottom is going to fall out statistically, right? There's going to be hardship in front of them. And that moment is full of delight because they know even in that moment, even under wedding vows, right? For richer or poorer through sickness and health, you know that there's something down the road, but you trust that person or you trust what God has for us. And I think, gosh, if we could just get that God longs for us to be people who overflow with hope. What a testimony to a world who only wants right now goodness. And the world is full of death and destruction and chaos and hatred and awfulness. And we have an opportunity to be people who are overflowed with hope. And not a false hope, not a pie in the sky hope, but a hope to recognize that God is slowly but surely expanding his kingdom, expanding his righteousness. He is restoring all things. He's bringing his justice, his mercy, his reconciliation through you. It doesn't just happen. It happens through you, through the power of the Holy Spirit. And our hope is that as we wrestle with joy and not just go, I don't feel that so much, but that we wrestle that it is a discipline of faith. It is a theological stance. It is a spiritual formation moment that all comes together so that we can then delight in God. Let's go back to that ver- to, to the definition of joy really quickly one last time. And it says this, that joy, it's the delight that we experience when our current life is characterized by shalom, goodness, wellness, tranquility, peace. We want our lives, it's the fruit of the Spirit to be, you know, to be characterized by shalom. And it's the, the delight that we experience when our life is characterized by shalom. But even more so, it's recognizing that we have the hope that that shalom will come. So for many of us and for many of you, I know in a heartbreaking way, this is not a moment of shalom. 
And so we as a church have to gather around and be the hope, be the actual body of Christ to remind each other of the hope of shalom, both in this life and the life to come. Amen.